Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. All right, go ahead and roll for Perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from helpful hermits to hearty hags. And today, we're talking about hobgoblins. Prepare yourselves. All right, Brian. What are we doing today? Uh, we're doing hobgoblins today. Hell yeah! Oh, Which, you said that. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm also really excited because these guys are super interesting and really, really cool. And uh, I just, I just really like them. They're one of my favorite mobs. I always picture them in like big, like, like the kind of red that Iron Man has on his armor, mm-hmm. like just big red pieces of armor with like a. I think they do that in the monster manual, right? Yeah, they, they tend to have reddish, or not that they tend to do, but I've seen that depicted where they have like a reddish armor. Not quite the Iron Man red, but Yeah, but I picture reddish. the Iron Man red. That's pretty it's cool. Like, I like that. That's, you know, they are they are reddish. With like red, the trim red. on the plating and stuff. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, So, hobgoblins. They're one of the three major goblinoids in D&D. Um, the three are goblins, hobgoblins, and bugbears. Um, in folklore... Hobgoblins are very, very different than okay. D&D lore. And in I Spider-Man, think. it's very, very different as well. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and I think we've come to see that this is the case most of the time. Yeah, this is also not <clears throat> Spider-Man. This is also not Spider-Man. In folklore, hobgoblins are small, hairy men that like live in the house. And they, oh. they do helpful things when the humans are sleeping. <laughs> it's fucking... <laughs> Is it fucking house elf from Harry ba- Potter? Yeah, basically. This fucking um, Dobby. Uh, this couldn't be more different from what hobgoblins are in D&D. Yeah, these giant murder <laughs> machines. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, a giant? Are they so, giant? They're no, they're, they're human size. So, okay. Uh, hobgoblins are not very much like their smaller cousins, goblins. Um, they're bigger, stronger, smarter, and more generally more menacing. Probably um, faster. Yeah, probably better at magic. If they yeah, do better magic at magic. At all. They're kind of better at everything. Yeah. They are. They are uh, shrewdly super intelligent. goblin. They are super goblins. Yes, <laughs> they're extremely. Uh, well, okay, let's back it up. They're roughly human size. Uh, rather than being greenish, they're they're usually reddish or brownish of skin. Okay, 
Okay. But with all the goblin features, like the goblin face, teeth, claws, uh, ears, they got sure. like the long pointy ears. Yeah. A little hairy. And they're all um, coming out of the, like the helm. They don't yeah. quite fit right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, unlike goblins, they are extremely well organized and disciplined. They're a very militaristic mm-hmm. society. They're extremely well trained in uh, the art of war. Uh, war is their life's blood, and the military lifestyle dominates their entire culture. Now, the goblin is the one with the jester, right? The one, oh, the Nilbog. The Nilbog, where yeah. they got to shit on somebody real hard. Yeah. Although they'll have a jester so that a Nilbog doesn't show up. Right. That's it. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Somebody, either way, somebody's getting shit on. Yes. Okay. Very much so, so. Hobgoblins are not getting shit on. They are shitting on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say so. Um, it, uh, Hobgoblins have a kind of a society where everyone has a rank, and we'll get into that. Oh, in a so bit. Is, is this, uh, is this like they live separately from regular goblins? Yes, oh. for the most part. But I thought we'll, they're all kind of mixed in. They do mix together, and we'll get into that. But first, we're going to talk about hobgoblins in hobgoblin yeah, society sure. specifically. Hobgoblins are the most likely of all like the mobs we talked about to actually have a city or even an entire nation okay. of hobgoblins. Okay, cool. Uh, they're not very much like orcs that are kind of more nomadic or like uh, the orcs tend to like raid, take, and then you know, go back, go camp. Well, or well, gnolls are always on the warpath, on the move, and right. they're nomadic, they're like caravanning basically, right? And then so, goblins are like holed up in their caves, like, and like, lizard uh, folk are and bullywugs are in their swamp, yeah. And like kobolds are also in their caves. So they're so. just finding a like a place that they're hey, this guy had nice walls. Let's hang some torches and hang out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, hobgoblins will straight build their fucking places. Yeah, that's like, what I'm. That's like, the difference, right? Hobgoblins are fucking people, man. Like yeah. They're they they're monstrous in a lot of ways, and they're definitely a force to be reckoned with when it comes to like if you're a humanoid they're not something you want to see mm-hmm. according to classic lore but like these these guys they're they're disciplined they're they're notably proficient at weapon crafting at engineering um and at using war for our uh, magic for war uh, specifically they're engineering they're really good at uh engineering like fortifications and siege machines okay like, yeah these guys these are like the war race um and their martial ability although um Physically, it is very impressive. Their martial ability really highlights tactics and strategy. Uh, these these dudes get a plus two to intelligence when you nice. when you make this uh, them as a player playable character, which you can do. So these are the guys that are like wheeling out like mortar catapults and stuff. Exactly for battle. Yes, nice. Yeah. No hobgoblins are legit scary and they're really cool. I think they're awesome. Um, well, let's get into it. So they have a high standard of military honor that tends to make them uh, lawful evil. Uh, and the reason for all these things that we're talking about is because of the relationship they have with their gods. So let's There's talk a lot about of that. that with these monster factions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in the Goblins episode, we talked about Maglubiet. Right. Okay. It full, just straight up annihilates the entire Goblin Pantheon and takes over. Right. And they're responsible for the Nilbog. Is that correct? Uh, the Nilbog is like the shattered remnant of a unnamed deity. That still tries to exert its, its like will reincarnating on the itself to do what it needs to do. Right. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So um, it's separate from this guy. It is separate. Okay. Um, and so Maglubia completely annihilated the goblin pantheon. He also attacked the hobgoblin pantheon, but he didn't completely annihilate it. He he left two left alive, and these two are very important because they play a major part in hobgoblin society. So the two deities that were left after Maglubiet's conquest of the entire goblinoid people um, <laughs> were are named their their chief deity that was left. His name is Nomagaya, and his right hand man is a individual named 
Bargriviek. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so oh, D&D. Yeah, I know. So Nomog is the uh, god of like tyranny. Also stoicism. He's very serious and unemotional. Um, Bargriviek, the cooler of the two, he's about unity, discipline, and duty. And God, I like I see the need for like to come up with a unique name, but maybe make it pronounceable. Yeah. Like, can you this is off putting to new players? I think I, I think it's off putting to everyone. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> if you're trying to tell. So if you're going to DM this and monologue a little bit and then Nagluviak from the Hobgoblin Society of uh, Ickenbar, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're saying all these crazy ass names. I can't follow you, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like uh, that's my only gripe with friends at the table. Is sometimes they're hitting me with these monologues and they hit me with like. A bunch of vocabulary that's Let's shit on friends se- of the secular table. within the game, and I'm just like, no, no, I feel holy you. crap! I, I, I agree uh, that the what the fuck did this over guy just flowery say? names are sometimes detrimental to like, what you're trying to do. If you under, if you're in it, and if you're in the shit and you understand it, like if you're the DM, you probably think it's fucking dope because you know what all these things are, and if you, if you can relate the vocabulary right. and like tie it all together, it's it's cool, but. Damn, it's hard to get into that. I, for me, I what I would do in this situation because I don't really deal with hobgoblin deities all that much. But if I were to, I would just shorten these names. So rather Nomagaya, Nomog, the god of the hobgoblins. That's good. And instead of Bargriviek, it would have been Barg. Yeah, yeah Nomog or and Barg or or, or yeah, Griviek. Yeah. yeah, any of yeah. it. A little more pronounceable. I agree, hundred percent. But this is the classic lore, so this no, is what I, we're talking about. Well, what I'm saying is, like, to, just to clarify, is like, mm-hmm. like if you're into this and you can get your your mind around it, I'm sure there's plenty of people that can. I just, uh-huh. yeah. it's it's dope. It's really yeah, cool. But it but, can be off put. Yeah, but I can't get I can't get past that unless and if I played a bunch of sessions and like it kept, I kept getting hit with it, it eventually cognitively like seep in. But right, yeah, face I, value not for me. Totally get you. Yeah, I like what you're doing. Shorten well, it up. Yeah. Well, anyway, I let's move it. on. All right. So the hobgoblins hold these two deities very close to their hearts um, as their heritage. It's because they're the only two left. They're like, dear God, like we need to hold these two close because who knows what could happen to them. But they're still very careful to never hold either Nomog or Barg above Megalubia. He's chief. He's king. Okay. He's the, he's the warlord, and these two are his generals. Okay. And these deities have now they now use their teachings and their domains to serve Megalubia in his eternal conquest, which is what he's all about. Um, this combination of Megalubia's like conquest and tyranny, what with their like law, unity, and discipline, is the foundation it's of like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it's the foundation of Hobgoblin belief, and it's this strange balance between civility and brutality. Right. Okay. Which makes them so goddamn interesting. To me. Yeah, um, that's that's a powerful yeah. combination. Uh, the more I was reading about hobgoblins uh the more i was being reminded of my character in your game that i played dartanian blood thing right where he's very much like these people yes uh, very lawful evil and very like militaristic and this strange balance between being very very civil but also extremely brutal right like our, from like basically if you're in line you're it's all good <clears throat> for you but if you're out of line or like if you disrupt the system you're going to be punished and heavily harshly yes yeah. and that's very hobgoblinish so um okay a society of hobgoblins is called a legion um and is led by a single warlord the legion is divided up into smaller units called banners uh banners are usually made up of like interrelated families that have history together you just okay. kind of siphon them off together um each banner has its own separate status within the legion so 
there'll be like the there'll be like a top top banner that's like the elites and then it'll be mm. all the way down to the bottom foot soldier banner that reminds me of like knighthood right like um okay. like strings of like noble family and stuff it's like i have to come right. with this like proof that i'm from this family or whatever um yeah i, I would say that is similar one thing that's notable about hobgoblin society is like who your who your father is all that politics they right. don't really matter because okay. What really matters in Hobgoblin society is glory and prowess. Okay, and, cool. Uh, we're gonna get that's that's a big part of them, and we'll we'll get to that. But okay. let me go through my notes in the way I wrote them. Um, the leaders of the highest esteem manners they tend to be generals. Okay, that kind of work with the warlord, kind of serve directly with him. The leaders of the smaller banners they'll they'll be general captains, and then each banner will have there's a, there's a whole list of of ranks um, and. Ranks are important because from the moment a hobgoblin can walk, they start being trained in the arts of war and they make first rank, which is soldier. So the okay. moment you can walk, you're a soldier now. They start <laughs> training. So the, the ranks are as follows. So warlord at the top, then general, then captain, uh, followed by fatal axe, spear, fist, and then at the bottom, soldier. Here's your welcome to age three, child. Walking is good. Here's your yeah. first metal sword. Indeed. <laughs> Damn. So Hobgoblins measure virtue by physical strength, martial prowess, and glory on the battlefield, as I said before. Advancement in rank is done primarily via these things. If you prove yourself, you're probably going to get promoted. Okay. Uh, they like promotion. They like to see you do Promoting well. from within. Yeah, promoting from within. Nice. Though politi politics do play a part in Hobgoblin culture, regardless of whatever the politics are, advancement in rank can never be denied to someone who proves himself. This is the linchpin of their society. So... So even um, if you don't like Hobgoblin Dan, like at all, if he <laughs> fucked it up in yeah. battle, you got to yeah. let him in. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, basically. And the theory here is that the fortunes of war can elevate anybody from the lowly soldier all the way up to general or even warlord, depending on how things go. Okay. Um, we're going to talk more about glory and all this insanity that the Hobgoblins are into. But before we do that, let's take a short rest. Can't wait to talk about glory. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the show where we're not talking about glory necessarily, unless it's the glory of you, the listener, who's listening to the show (laughs) that we appreciate very much. You are very glorious, and thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Thanks to anybody who rolled in on Patreon. Um, Your shout out, you'll be getting a message from me soon. Um, if you did come in and we will be shouting you out on the next episode. Thank you to all the Patreon people that came in that we mentioned last week again. I really appreciate you. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about e- the contest again? We do. We're running another <clears throat> contest, everybody. Two contests, in fact, although they are for the same prize. Well, so, two, a duplicate. It's two prizes, but they're duplicate prizes. Indeed. Indeed they are. Um, so one contest we're running on Twitter. It's kind of similar to our previous contest. All you got to do is share a link to the show with the hashtag DungeonCast. We will go ahead and catch that, add you to the list, and you will be entered into the Twitter section of our contest, giving away Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, the newest book coming out on May 29th, which is also the day we are announcing the winner. Right, and you can find <clears> our Twitter <throat> at the DungeonCast. So Indeed. go there, give us a follow would be nice, or, or yeah. you know, then you can check out all our stuff. There'll be yeah. the details for the contest will most likely be there. You can get... Um, Update D and D like general news updates, some some hot memes, uh, <laughs> yeah. or uh, yeah, you'll get those <laughs> polls for what episode you oh, want to yeah. see next. I if you want a poll in a while, yeah, if you want to weigh in on like what we should do, Twitter's a great place to reach us. Um, yeah, we'll I see would say it. so. Yeah, definitely. Um, just hashtag DungeonCast. We really appreciate it when you guys do that. We also um, is there anything else? Yeah, the second contest we're running oh, on YouTube. Right. Uh, by the time this episode airs, there should have been a video released on our channel. Mm-hmm. Probably titled something along the lines of our give our morning kind of foes giveaway or something like that. Yeah. Go ahead and check out that video and like, subscribe, and leave a comment in that video telling us what you're most excited to see in Morning Kind and Foes. And you'll be entered into the YouTube section of right. our giveaway. So you have to make sure that you do all three things. You have to subscribe mm-hmm. to the channel, like the video, and comment below yep. with what you're excited about in the book. So yep. uh, that one's a little more complicated than the Twitter one, but and if you do both, you'll be entered twice. That's right. You can totally do that. You have two chances to win. You could win them both, we, but probably not. No. Probably won't. The probably odds won't. are going to be very good. Odds are astronomical. Yeah. yeah. So um, with that, um, if you need to know where to find our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and type in The Dungeon Cast. That's uh, the and then one word, Dungeon Cast. Right. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Dungeon Cast. As I mentioned before, it's at The Dungeon Cast on Twitter. If you want to leave us some uh, critique, positive feedback, have any questions, uh, you can email us at thedungeoncast at gmail.com. Um, find us anywhere podcasts are found. Leave us an iTunes review if you're feeling like you're in the mood, baby. Come on. <laughs> Give us some love. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I think we're ready to go back to the show. Let's go back to the show. To the glory. To the glory. Right. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about glory. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, uh, as I said before, you know, the obvious like physical strength, martial prowess, 
glory on the battlefield that those will all uh lend to a hobgoblin's glory yeah like a vast amount of killing that's always vast good. amount of killing indeed indeed um but there are other things that can also give a hobgoblin glory um to a lesser extent uh but still glory Ye- yelling when you like lift no. the barbell and drop no. and drop it make sure it's really loud <laughs> no. oh no. um discovering uh valuable resources okay um designing a really really dope defense like Ooh. like de- like designing an awesome siege equipment that might bring you glory. Really cool. Uh, even writing a really good song about a dope conquest in the past will bring you some glory. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. These hobgoblins, they, they just fucking love glory. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. So um, so each legion, each legion of hobgoblins will have their own rules and code of conduct and you know all that jazz. But there are some general rules that all hobgoblins across all legions tend to follow. We're going to list them here. So number one, their number one rule is follow orders without question. Cool. Like just obey the hierarchy. Right. Follow the rules. All will go well. Number two, honor the gods. Remember I told you they keep their two gods and Megalubiet very close. Right. Like these are the most pious of all three goblinoids. Yeah. They need to be that. All that needs to be in line for, for glory to yeah, ensue. It said that Megalubiet left these two deities alive because when he saw the hobgoblins and the way they were, like he really wanted to keep them tight in hand mm-hmm. and keep them disciplined. So he left some of their deities alive to work with and keep them pious and keep them on this kind of war path. I like that. Uh, number three is probably the most interesting of these rules. It's called suffer nor give insult. Now this is interesting because this also shapes hobgoblin society. So hobgoblins talk shit, get hit. Yeah, talk shit, get hit. Uh, hobgoblins kind of live by that. Like if there is insult given like there will be retribution for that. So as a general rule, Man. there is this outward over politeness between all hobgoblins. Generally speaking, <laughs> they're very civil with each other. Okay. I can see the, that getting kind of like hairy where you're like, yeah. And thank you so much for all that cool stuff you did on the battlefield. Most glorious, my friend. Right. Really good. I'm sure there's a lot of passive aggressive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now this suffering or give insult thing extends beyond just hobgoblin relations. They will be like this with like humans, for example. Okay. Uh, which will actually throw humans for a loop a lot of time because they don't expect like this red monster to be incredibly polite. <laughs> but the thing is, most of the time, elves or dwarves or humans are not polite back. Because they don't, number one, humans don't follow this code. Number two, they're usually hostile to the hobgoblins anyway. So they're yeah. openly insulting. Yeah. Which they call them big, dirty goblins. To indeed, indeed. Which leads to massive retribution. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. So, absolutely. Because they're talking like, shit. So they're about to get hit. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So yeah, suffer nor give insult. That's number three. Number Sweet. four, uh, reward glorious action. This is the that rule I was telling you about where if someone does something glorious, they get advancement in rank regardless of politics. Like nothing beats that. Yeah, I really liked when you rolled that giant boulder down the mountain and killed like 30 guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then last but not least, uphold the legion. Now, this rule is about the fact that each hobgoblin holds their legion above any other legion. So, so that, like, that could be sub- subbed out for like tribe? Yeah, it could be subbed okay. out for tribe, sure. Um, but the point is, like, sometimes legions will come together, and we're going to get into that. But um, most of the time they don't. But when they do, it's... Our legion first kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which I thought but, you were going to say when they do, it's most glorious. It is most glorious as well. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about where they live. When hobgoblins are not on the warpath, which surprisingly enough, they're not always on the warpath. It's not like gnolls where it's just this constant thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, those dirty elves are talking shit about us being big, dirty goblins again. Right. Now it's warpath time. Right. Well, no. Well, we'll get into <laughs> it. Well, 
when when not on the warpath, hobgoblins tend to build or commandeer sometimes settlements to farm, gather resources, raise children, simply live their lives. Now they keep the military like lifestyle. It's yeah, almost like, like a military base. They've got some like training and shit going on yeah. nonstop. They're running like uh, scouting missions and stuff. Right, okay. right. But generally, it, it's it's a time of non-war at this point. They prefer out-of-the-way areas with adequate access to resources. Uh, lumber, ore, and stone, very important. Formable land, obviously, they got to heat. Uh, here, they will set their roots until Magluviet calls for war. Um, they'll even, to some extent, is establish like trade posts. So like... Let's say they're in a forest pretty far removed from society. Well, they might send a they make a lemonade stand on like the main (laughs) the main pathway through the woods. I'm picturing something like that kind of. They'll send a couple uh, hobgoblins out from deep within. Yeah, they'll they'll establish like a stand or like probably probably a little fortification on the road. That'll be one gold. It's one apple. Yeah, it's from way in there. Yeah, you want it or not? Yeah. <laughs> what was the last shop you saw? <laughs> <laughs> that's valid. I like that. No, I want a hog album that's running like some sort of scam lemonade shop. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, prices, like theme park prices. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because you're Fresh out in the middle of nowhere. Lemonade. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they'll even. That's the thing. They'll even trade with nearby communities. Uh, sometimes, not all the time. Okay, depends. Um, like I said, the the settlement itself will be very military, so it'll it'll be like a military camp. It'll have like a command center and, and sentries and a training ground Barracks. and all that stuff. Barracks, yeah, exactly. Oh. Like generally speaking, a hobgoblin's um, quarters are austere but usable. Like okay, but but like they they'll fulfill your need, but they're very simple. They're minimalist. Minimal. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um. Okay, so let, let's talk about the... We're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about Mangluvia, it's called, called a war, and we're going to talk about like the forming of a host. Okay. So all three goblinoids, Bugbear, Goblin, and Hobgoblin, are bound together via Mangluvia's will. And when all three come together, whether it's by chance and circumstance or whether by design, like maybe Mangluvia actually does something to make it happen, or maybe the Hobgoblins are, you know what? Like, it's been peaceful too long. Let's find our cousins or we're going to form a host. Either way, it doesn't matter how it happens. It's considered to be a sign, and it's Mugluvia. It's called the war. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. So when that happens, a host will form, and the individual goblin behaviors will change. The society will change because they're going to come together in this weird kind of way. Okay. So hobgoblins take charge. They're going to form the backbone of society. They're going to be the, the main force. Like we're calling the shots. Uh, they're calling the shots. They're in all the officer positions. Well, some bugbears might get that. Okay. But they're, um, but they're taking care of everybody also. Yeah, they're doing the logistics. They're doing all that stuff. And everyone else is kind of serving them. The bugbears will begrudgingly become like heavy labor. They're also going to become the shock troops because they're fucking scary. Yeah. Um, and general assistance to the hobgoblins. Now, this is... This is in two ways. Number one, they're usually being bribed to do so because they're big, lazy dudes and they don't really want to do any of this or be okay. told what to do. Okay. So they kind of have to be bribed, but a big part of it, too, is the fear of McGlubiet. Like, if this is happening, it's McGlubiet's will. If it's McGlubiet's will, we better. He's listen. watching. Right. And if he's watching, you're doing, We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. There that is. Uh, and also the goblins will begin to become rounded up and kind of conscripted into being the cannon fodder units <laughs> and the slaves and all that. They're and out of big rocks. Time to load up time to load up the mortar cannon with goblins. Right. That's yeah, you can do that. Um the the former goblin chiefs will still be in charge of their like units. But generally speaking, they're not seen as pretty much any higher than the regular goblins. Damn, can you imagine? Remember that spiked armor from that barbarian? Yeah. 
Can you imagine just loading up a mortar cannon with goblins wearing spiked armor and just like launching them? Oh man, like a like a troop. That's a horror show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So hobgoblins, much like their smaller cousins, are notable animal tamers. While remember, I think we talked about goblins are like notable wolf trainers and rat trainers. Mm -hmm. Hobgoblins are known for taming wargs. Which I don't know if you know what a warg is. They're I do, like I don't. Uh, they're like big, burly. They're like the size of dire wolves, and they're wolf-like, but they're more burly and bearish-looking, and they got like this real gargoyle-ish-looking face. So like a big pig? No, they're not pig-like. Um, no. like a gargoyle-looking or like a demon face. Okay, almost, like okay. on a burly wolf body is the best way I would say. But it. not a not a wolf. Not a wolf though. So okay. We'll have to open up the monster manual. They're fucking scary. Yeah, and I'll they're take a look inherently at them. evil. Um, oh, shit. Okay. But they uh, but hobgoblins ride wargs. They don't ride horses. Well, they do ride horses, but rather instead of riding horses like humans, they tend to ride wargs. I'd rather ride something evil. <laughs> right. For glory. Um, they also are notable <laughs> trainers of ravens for long distance communication. That's dope. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. Okay, cool. Um yeah. So so yeah, that was just a fun fact. Um so once a host is formed. And all the logistics are figured out and they know where they're going to go conquest and all that stuff. Uh, it goes on the warpath and its warpath is a little bit different from like orcs or, or gnolls. They are about conquering and holding territory. It is not about wanton slaughter. Um, it's a practice claiming of territory and subjugating the people. Um, yeah. Hobgoblins seek to leave enough of the population intact to keep the community functioning. With them in charge now. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Warlike. Um, They will even, to the point, they'll even recruit humanoids willing to join them if they prove themselves. And they'll have whole human, like, contingent units. Wow, okay. Yeah, and when this happens, when when a host gets on the move and they start gaining traction, this is how entire empires are born. Oh, shit. Hobgoblin empires that will last whole generations. They just have, like, a a little encampment, like, a segregated encampment of, like, human mercs they ran across that were like, you guys seem cool, want to join our gang? Yeah, basically, they'll work together. Again, these are highly intelligent creatures that can speak common. They're not... Like dumb, monsters. right? They're they're people, indeed. They're super goblins, uh, and yeah, hobgoblin empires happen now. They tend not to last longer than like forty or fifty years. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a century out of it. And it's because the bond of allegiance is dependent on the continued conquest. Because, okay. So if victories falter, there will be dissatisfaction, and if there's dissatisfaction, it'll lead to the bugbears will start kind Time of to acting change it up. up. They'll defect. Yeah, well, what happen? What will happen is the bugbears will start kind of getting rowdy. If that happens and there's no getting, if if they can't get the bugbears to behave, the bugbears will be like, "Hey, McGlubia's not watching. Obviously, his will's falling apart. They'll straight rebel, right? Because they don't want to be here anyways. They don't give yeah. a fuck about the empire. Yeah, it's and, just all about McGlubia's Yeah, will. and then okay. you, and then the bugbears are numerous enough and powerful enough that if you can't keep them in check, it's mayhem, and then the whole empire will slowly fall apart. So, damn, that's, that's kind of how that goes. Okay, so. We're going to get into a couple like major fun facts, but before we move on to those, do you have any other questions about general Hobgoblin society? Because we've covered the basics. So they're picking like secluded areas, like, mm-hmm. so it could still be like the mountains, it could be the deep in the sure. forest, yeah. or much a, like humans, they could kind of choose anywhere. An off the beaten, like, the, the reason that they probably choose out of the way areas is because if they don't, they'll get harassed. And they're, yeah. they're not afraid of a fight, but like, if it's not a wartime, they are trying to build themselves up and yeah, they don't need to be harassed. Time. Yeah, okay, exactly. Cool. So, um, you, yeah, that, I just wanted to specify. Okay. So here's some interesting things about Hogdomal Society. Um, they have, excuse me, they have this secret society 
of monks called the Iron Shadows. Whoa, that's cool. Um, it's a shadow monk society that directly serves the priesthood of Maglubiat. And basically they kind of they kind of work as a secret police. They have the ability to use shadow magic. Um and they're held in really high esteem because because nice. even even they don't even answer to the warlord. They're kind of like this independent oh, entity that only answers to the priesthood. Okay. And so they also have secret identities so that when they roll around the society in the open, they're usually wearing like uh, these fiendish looking masks to hide oh, their man. identity. Like yeah. the fucking uh, <laughs> we're, 300 is coming up a lot in our show. Is it? But the um, yeah. oh, yeah, did there's yeah, those yeah. Uh, there's those guys that are for Xerxes that wear the they're like the unkillable soldiers. Oh, or yeah. Whatever, yeah. And they're wearing those masks. Yeah. They're like freaks underneath or whatever. Right. Right. That's cool. Or this reminds me of the Yiga clan in Breath of the Wild. There's like a. There's like a clan of Sheikah soldiers uh-huh. that defected and serve Ganondorf or Ganon in this game. And they uh, they wear these like masks of oh. inverted truth. It looks like it looks like oh, a mask whoa. of truth. But That's really cool. Yeah. And they come. They have a bow. They have like they like appear before you and like try to assassinate. Oh, you whoa. Shit. That's really dope. Yeah. This sounds like the this sounds like that a little yeah. bit. This is yeah. Cool. These guys, they can teleport in shadows. They can do all kinds of shadow magic. It's it's pretty cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So th- that's an interesting tidbit about They're hitting hobgoblins. you with like the palm of their hand and shit. Like, yeah. Uh. Yeah. So these hobgoblin <laughs> shadow monks that just kind of run amok. They're trying to break your nose um, with that up that. That move. Sure. Yeah. Jam it in your Why brain. They? Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, That's some shadow magic. So another fun fact, we talked a little bit about hobgoblins are pretty good at magic. As a matter of fact, they love magic to a certain extent. They they see it as a great tool for war. So there is an institution called the Academy of Devastation. It is, <laughs> <laughs> it, is it is a secret location somewhere abroad that all legions will send their potential magic users to. Okay. So it's like this neutral ground. Cool. Here, these potential magic users are kind of forged into magical artillery weapons specializing in evocation magic. So, like, (laughs) they don't teach you sleep. They teach you fireball and call lightning. And basically, basically... They want to let you loose on the on the battlefield, and you're just gonna wreck havoc. Right. Yeah. And that's just yeah. Academy that's of devastation. Cool. Like yeah. we're training tanks here. I, indeed. And uh, and yeah. So they take that shit serious. We're out of uh, we're out of giant rocks for our mortar cannon. Time to fire the spellcasters. Indeed. indeed. While you're in the air, make sure you do yeah. all your dopest stuff before you hit the just ground. Unleash all your slots. <laughs> um, so got, yeah, you've got. You've got 18 seconds in midair. That's three turns. That Better is, do it right. That is three turns. That's that quite valid. <laughs> okay. Um, and that plus two to intelligence makes hobgoblins pretty good wizards. So, right on. Yeah, that's that's all I got on hobgoblins today, man. You got any Fuck, questions? These are cool. These yeah, are I told you they're really cool. cool. I told you they're probably one of my favorite mobs. I didn't know about the secret monk police. Yeah, like, at all. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea about I know, that. I know you didn't. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah, uh, and the Academy of Devastation is pretty cool too. So, are what are their like weapons of choice? Are they like are they like up in your face combat? Um, like, are they just sword and shielding it, or are they like broadswording it? Or? So, I I number one. Hobgoblins are usually very proficient in all weapons. Right. So like your general hobgoblin can use a spear, an axe, a sword, shield. Like they can they can fight with whatever they like got. Like they might have like multiple weapons on them like that. Yes, exactly use. right. They'll be armed to the teeth. They tend to operate in like uh tight units. Yeah. I, they remind me of like Roman soldiers or like 300, you know how like Yeah, they you put know, up the shields exactly. there's only like so many of them. Yeah, there'll be a phalanx of of hobgoblins and yeah, they're scary, dude. Like they're not like orcs, they're not like gnolls. Yeah. Like these dudes will fucking take over your yeah, nation. These guys have like a big map 
map and they're yeah. like moving pieces on it and stuff with those Indeed. like pool sticks. Exactly. Yeah. In in my uh, homebrew D and D campaign setting, uh, they have a capital city called Bloodhelm, and they have a whole cutout of territory. And yeah, and they in my world, the hobgoblins run the city and the army, but they're made up of uh, like. They've managed to conquer orc tribes and bring them into the city That's and cool. minotaur tribes and bring them into the city. So it's this weird conglomerate of what some people would consider monstrous races that are still intelligent. Yeah. And the order is kept by the hobgoblins. And it, yeah. it's like So there can't be yeah. too many um like smaller factions within this encampment. They yeah. also get like over they might get overrun outnumbered. True, but uh the the most populous uh population in the city is by far goblins goblins right. probably make about 50 percent of the entire population yeah that While sounds about right. goblins probably about 20 yeah okay yeah. so and you've got like secret police spies and stuff keeping their yeah. eye on stuff yeah. so. so they're answering straight to if they're answering to the priesthood that means that's the mouth of their god what was it Mal- megalubiet but the megalubiet priests are not in charge of the legions or the host the, Who, who's in charge of that the warlord is in charge of the host oh okay or the legion yeah oh no yeah yeah, yeah that's he's, right he's right. the the monarch right military right. monarch so yeah that's cool that's yeah. really cool i told you yeah, yeah. these guys are cool yeah, okay so let's you're call welcome it. let's, call, <laughs> let's call, right. call it a game we're gonna call it a game we'll talk to you guys later bye, bye. Quinn or Harlequin? I think it's Harlequin. Harlequins. Harlequins. Hardy Harlequins. Hardy Harlequins. Hardy Harlequins. Hardy 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 Helpful Hermits to Harley Hardy 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 yeah, because so. I like har har, and yeah. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we discuss everything Dungeons and Dragons. From I forgot to like, we do not discuss things here. We talk about we them. talk. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we talk about everything. Say it right, Will. I, I know. Sorry, I, I we've got done the look. bit for this long. We have to I keep know. doing it we forever. Can't change words now. <laughs> um, helpful hermits to <laughs> hardy harlequins. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from helpful hermits to hardy holler. Uh, <laughs> Damn, I'm going to do, do. do my smooth look up thing. Okay, okay. <clears throat> hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we did. I almost <laughs> said discuss again. I don't know why I want to discuss things together. Okay. <clears throat> Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from helpful hermits to hardy harlequins. And I, uh, <laughs> I keep uh, thinking uh, you're going to say helpful Honda dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change it to hardy hermits to help for... Oh, no, that's no lo- That's just say hags. Bad. Just say <laughs> helpful hags. Okay, sure. <laughs> Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. 
As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 